you have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Got Till Five Wrestling Podcast. This week we have a doozy of an episode. Later on in the show, we're going to be discussing our top five unorthodox tag teams. But before all of that, we have two very special guests joining us for the first half this week. Now their goal is to escape the mid-card, and although times have been turbulent, we hope they're back on their path. Ladies and gentlemen, we have TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo. But even more special than that, my beautiful co-host Jesse Benz is actually joining me for an interview. Sorry to rain on your parade, Sue, but I I don't do I don't join in the interviews much. So I think you should actually be quite honoured that I'm here. We are, wow. we are. <laughs> when, when I heard Jesse was on, I I was I was floored. I got nervous. <laughs> exactly. Well, I I am a very flawed person, so it's quite appropriate that you would think that. Oh. Um, but no, amazing to have you two on. Thanks so much, guys. And um, and. Well, where do we start? Like the YouTube channel is, um, I thought Being the Elite was um, a YouTube channel worth watching, but turns out there's a better one and you two are behind it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, we try, we try. Highs and lows, peaks and troughs, redemption. <laughs> I mean, the what? inspiration behind the show is pretty much Being the Elite because we love Being the Elite. So it just seems like a really cool idea to just kind of like, keep on top of what you're up to yeah yeah and definitely like man. way more fun too like well not way more i mean wrestling was already fun but like it makes all the road trips and stuff it keeps more fun and the middle of the week you can just come up with stupid ideas and by next week they're on youtube <laughs> that's kind of cool well that's true exactly so um what was being the elite just the inspiration and just keep yourself amused have you got any plans for where you kind of want to take it, or you just kind of seeing where it goes? Yeah, we got bits and bugs. Yeah, we've always got ideas for like gags and bits, and like how we can involve our other friends on the show to like do stuff. But mostly, it was just kind of like, well, when did we start it? At Super Strong Star this year, and I think like prior to that, Mambo and I had just been talking about like, oh, have you seen the show like by the Young Bucks being the Elite? And then we just started talking about it, and then we're like, maybe we should just make a YouTube show, especially like the like Kenny. Cody feud because I'm not very good at keeping up with wrestling all the time, but like the the storytelling throughout like that feud just from a YouTube show, I'm pretty sure that like a lot of the people watching that match it was because of being nearly. Oh, completely. So, I I don't think I've ever been as invested in wrestling as I was with that kind of storyline. Yeah, well, at least like not since we were watching it when we were like kids and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. They walk such a like a such a well done fine line of like reality versus like super over the top phony storylines. Yeah. But like still making you sad and stuff, yeah. even though like it's clearly a jet. Like yeah, I don't know. I think it's really fucking cool. There's so many clips. Like that, there's cool. so many clips of this where they just leave in the where they laugh at the end of it because they're just like taking the piss and that's. <laughs> Like that's kind of that's kind of the thrill of it, really. Yeah, that's true. And you, and you said you were getting like people involved. Obviously, Spike's been involved for quite a while now. Um, yeah, saw some guy tweeted me the other week <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying, "Saying, am I a bad person because Spike Trevay is my favorite character?" I was like, "God, yes, you are." Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we got no time for people like that, Woody. But um. Yeah, I don't know. We don't really have too many ideas. It was just it, it was just because we just thought it would be cool to document like 
super strong style and we had Riptide that weekend as well and then just off yeah. the back of that we just <laughs> it's when everyone's know that we were really booked <laughs> <laughs> that we were so busy really popular <laughs> and then a couple of weekends later we weren't really that booked it was kind of a shame and then we had to find a way to pad out the show like well we don't really have any I guess the real goal for escaping the mid card is uh, to have another show that we have to retitle because we have escaped yeah, yeah. like life after the mid card or sustaining the main event. <laughs> yeah, That's a yeah. good one. I like it. Just plenty of B-roll and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so it kind of works because... So Jesse lives in Cheltenham, where the attack shows happen quite often. And you guys are there pretty much all, all the time. Well, I know you are, Mambo. And uh, I live down in Brighton, so I get you guys a Riptide. Um, just for me and Jesse to compete, where do you prefer working? I've only done one attack, so it's Riptide by default. Yes. I love all of the wrestling equally. <laughs> oh, man, man, come on. Hey, <laughs> come on. I mean, I'm just first of it. I think it was the frog show before last, Mambo, when you uh, smacked your head on the beam. So uh, that yeah. might... <laughs> that might give Riptide an advantage. I don't know. Because I'm less embarrassed when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, genuinely, they, those two companies, obviously alongside Progress, because like Progress, uh, I started that and everything. But um, those two companies, both, I always credit them with like giving me like a massive boost for my career. Because uh, a while back, the, not the last tag team invitational, but the Dream Tag Team Invitational before. Andrews was like, oh, dude, do you want to come and wrestle at Attack? Because I'd been like, I'd made a decision to either be wrestling or be at a wrestling day for at least two days of the weekend, like, to, di- like, to just make sure that I was around wrestling as much as possible. And then Andrews, nice. oh, we'll give you a spot at Attack. And then, like, that snowballed so much just from, like, being around them and, like, getting new perspectives on the business and, uh, like, uh, more publicity and just being around, like, really good wrestling. That's awesome. And then Riptide booked me <laughs> like a superstar <laughs> so and that's like a killer good environment as well so i genuinely couldn't choose but they're definitely two of my top companies amazing well now i think now would be a good time to pepper in our first fan question max because um it's from ollie roylance who you might know as the frog and fiddle promoter who <laughs> yeah, um the stuff. yeah we love ollie um but he has a question have you got it handy max oh i do shall i do both parts Oh, go on then. The two-parter. So, he wants to know, Chuck, do you feel your World Cup song has helped inspire football to come home? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I'd agree. I mean, um, I I tweeted it to Harry Kane, and it seems to have worked out well for him. Very cool, well, yeah. yeah. People aren't screaming in the stands, England, nah, 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 So Can you believe that? And I've been Macho Man all night the night before. Um, actually, I didn't know who Harry Kane was until <laughs> the second... Wait, no, they got beat by Tunisia or something. Or they beat Tunisia, I don't know. But, we uh, beat Tunisia. You're clearly an avid football fan. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I feel like you're the only one in the room, Jesse. I feel like that's just how it is. Am I the only football yeah. fan? I'll fuck you all then. <laughs> Anyways, I've done some sort of Daily Mirror interview... And then the same dude was like, hey, you got any tips for Harry Kane on Hazel Wrestler? And I'm in, no, I was, yeah, I've been published in like two. I read that article. I literally read that article today. I, I was Googling it. I just found it. And uh, yeah, but, uh, you say that. You're, you're quite sort of 
you're quite self-deprecating about that, but it was a really good article. You you had loads of hints and tips. Well, you know, when your name's Kane. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's up to a winner, isn't he? Did you have slam? Yeah, I said, I said they theatrically kill some of the characters <laughs> and correspond with the pyro guy. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Amazing. The second part of the question uh, was, Will Ospreay was mentioned, or no, yeah, Will Ospreay mentioned a recent interview with Jack DeJobba that although he highly rates the UK scene at the moment, he feels like there is too much comedy or at least not enough serious acts in the current UK indies. Thoughts and opinions from both of you, please? Uh, I, well, I think it's definitely easier to be a comedy, well, not a comedy wrestler, but, like, to do comedy and, like, be self-deprecating in the ring to, like, get over your nerves or whatever if something's, like, awkward or, yeah. like, if you do try to take yourself seriously as a wrestler, I feel like it doesn't resonate as well as if you just, like, make funny comments or, like, because people just want, like, a reaction more than they want to do something of, of like long-term substance if you just like mm. if you're just a super quiet dude and you just wrestle 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 then like people don't seem to like and the way the scene is at the moment more people will come up more people will be impressed by a loud match than they will be by like maybe just a solid match you know what i mean by the difference there yeah 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 trying to go in the ring and step away from like the easy like instant gratification of if there's silence saying something funny and just trying to let that build into like the story that you're telling over the match or over like the next couple months because uh, you're like way more exposed if you're like stood there trying to be serious and I think as well because the fans are all so smart and stuff and like everyone's kind of in on what it is sometimes it's a bit harder to actually get them invested in a really serious, meaningful way. But well, that's, you- a, that's a really interesting point, because um, my girlfriend brought this up, funnily enough. Um, she's a um, big Pete Dunn fan. Right, big wait, drop in that you've got a girlfriend. Um, oh, yeah, I've got a girlfriend, everyone, hey, guys. Cool, I mean, I'm, I'm, doing pretty, I'm doing pretty well for myself. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm getting vagina on a regular basis. Well done. Um, oh, and, yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate the kudos. Um, but anyway, she loves Pete Dunn, and... Um, Pete Dunne was a big heel a couple of years ago. She met Pete Dunne. He couldn't have been nicer. Um, but in the but in contrast to that, you see interviews with like Jericho and stuff. And he says when he did his heel run in 2008, he was so committed to the character that he was just being an absolute dick to everyone all the time. And whilst you can kind of commend that sort of commitment, as to your point, yeah, as you say, the fans are smarter than that. And they just think you're being a dick if you act like that. Do you know what I mean? He didn't have to sell his own merch either. So that's really? true he refused to have merch or anything when that was going on but uh he did yeah well that's that's what he says but but as, yeah but, but as, as you say you know he didn't you know it sells itself anyway what happened to you well no he just said that he did a heel run in 2008 right. they're not talking about pete right now no, no, no well no. yeah no, Jericho. oh sorry i wasn't listening I yes <laughs> yeah 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 Jericho. yeah i got the i got the wires crossed. no you're right yeah no that, yeah. that does i think that is a big difference isn't it if you don't have to because on the independent scene, you have to, yeah, you still have to, you have to go out, be a character, and then go to merch, and then be like, did you enjoy the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't really do the whole, because I always wonder how, like, Trevay does with that, because obviously how Trevay is in Riptide, he's very contentious, is the right word, I'd say. And then, yeah, to then go and flog merch must be difficult. Although I think he's one of the guys that does the best at Riptide, actually. From yeah, so, I think, well, fans appreciate it. Sorry, I keep 
yeah, I think it's just a case of like we've become more like active, actors in a sense of like once the show is over, we stop being the yeah. I guess, mm. which is which I guess from like a like an old school mentality is a shame because like maintaining kayfabe five ever <laughs> or like always being on and on like you like live the character that you are but like nowadays it's just like well you know I, I wrestled I wrestled on the show and that was when I was playing like TK Cooper and now I'm just at the merch table and now I'm just a guy trying to make some money because otherwise I will die yeah and stuff. <laughs> you gotta eat. That's, like, that's been a cool thing going back to ETM where like uh, fans still get to see like we are friends in real life and they get to be involved in that kind of uh, it's hard to know where the dimensions of reality and kayfabe end and merge but like it's quite cool being able to just like interact and like it's that wrestling is that generation isn't it so I think if people buy a heels t-shirt then <laughs> my friend just buy it in the background <laughs> <laughs> then it's kind of like them saying hey we appreciate your art even if we hate your character that's yeah, 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 definitely. That's yeah, that's cool. That's a good way to look at it. That's that's forward thinking, I think, as well. Um, so TK, I remember. Um, I think it was about a year ago. I'm not sure. Um, you had sort of visa issues and had to go back home, mm-hmm. and um, and there was a good sort of there was a good send off. I remember from Progress and stuff and everything. Um, and then I guess everything got sorted out and now you're back. Um, as brilliant as it is to have you back on the scene, were you a little bit embarrassed coming back after everyone gave you such a lovely send-off? Did you hear the part? Because <laughs> 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 it was always the plan to come back, we just didn't know how how long it would take or how feasible it was. Yeah. And then when it did get... Like, we had kind of like fingers crossed that we'd be back by Super Strong Style. But... yeah. But it just wasn't going to be possible to like fill out all the paperwork and pay all the money and do all like the meetings with the consulate and whatever to to finish. Yeah. It. So like there was never there was no part of me that was like that was a great two years. Now I'll go home. Yeah. yeah. It was literally like oh the visas run out. Well now we just got to rush home and get all this done and come back as soon as possible. Like there was, yeah yeah. Like, the goodbye was never like a this is it goodbye. It was just like well we got to go away for a bit so goodbye. Yeah, well, it all worked out perfectly in the end, didn't it? Like as as you said, man, like the, the pop was incredible. Like it was what, was what it, a what, comeback what, that was. It's one of the progress. Yeah, it? that's. I mean, yeah, without without trying to be arrogant about it, that's why I've been told that it well by arguably everybody that it was probably one of the loudest pops the ballrooms had mm. in progress. Uh, like I would argue that maybe like Pastor's Cashin was probably louder, but. Nevertheless, apples, apples and oranges, ain't it? Like, who cares, really? Yeah. When you get a camera well, I mean, like yeah, that. You, and it's really yeah. cool part of, so that's all I'm bothered about. Like. I mean, it was kind of a big deal, but I did actually complete a game of solitaire in under four minutes at work today on my computer. So I think I deserve some credit as well. Yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> not the same pop, really, Jesse, not a comparison. <laughs> there was no pop. There, there was a single yeah, screenshot yeah, that I sent to Max. Were you turning one card or three cards? I was turning three cards, yo. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I respect that. Yeah. I don't fuck about. <laughs> and he's got a girlfriend. Like, I don't got a girlfriend. <laughs> you don't, Will. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, we live in London and everyone looks really important on the tube. But then, like, they're all like, looking at their phones really moody. But then if you look actually on their phone, they're not doing work. They're just playing games. They're anyway. They're just playing solitaire. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the candy game, but like, yeah, everyone looks so serious about it. 
They do. You don't make eye contact on the tube. That's like... Oh, one I one. do. Do you? Yeah, it's like my... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yo, we we had a question about two K eighteen. Oh we yeah, Reddit or something. So j- this is a quick quick question from Senor Foggy. Great name. He needs he needs this permission. Obviously, he needs so TK, this is all on you. Do I have TK's permission to tag him up in two K eighteen with Chris Brooks? As I don't have a good Lycos or a Travis. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess. All right, cool. Cool, brilliant, nice. There we that go. He has now got the permission from the source that they can be tagged. I mean, he hasn't got permission from Chris Brooks, I suppose. He needs to get that still. No, nah, no, nah, it'll be fine. If he's got a Chris Brooks, then that's fine, but we'll just tag it up. So, yeah, new tag team, TK Cooper and Chris Brooks on Senor Foggy's nice. 2K18. So, from... <laughs> Don't really know where to go from that. Um, but with wrestling as a whole so outside of indies and stuff what kind of aspect of pro wrestling do you guys like what got you into it what do you enjoy about it i guess i'll go yeah 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 i feel like i took too much already mambo just Um, sitting silently uh i i don't know i guess i just always like the the cruiserweights more than anything like i like i grew up on like uh, what is it like ruthless aggression era smackdown with like paul Heyman running it yeah like watching the cruiserweights is always like my favorite part of the show so i and i didn't realize until i was obviously like old enough to be a wrestler that like being six foot two probably isn't like the ideal size to be doing like handspring back elbows or 450s but i've made it work. <laughs> no, it's fine i mean i haven't made it work because i broke my leg but uh <laughs> but i've learned now and um other than that like that was kind of it, though. I just enjoyed seeing all like the the high spots and all the flips and all the tricks from the cruiserweights because that's what like wowed me the most. Just like I can't believe there's these, there's these dudes just doing like moves that just look so dangerous. Kind of like when yeah. Ray cool. came in. I and, wanted... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was uh, Hulkamania <laughs> and and Austin uh, tasting people at beer and then stunnering them and stuff. You know, or like the big pops when someone's music comes up. Uh, well, mostly Austin or Hogan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just the fucking, it's like being in a cartoon, but it's like a live show. That's what I like most about it, I think. Well, Macho Man Randy Savage has obviously resonated with you on an ungodly level. Um, <laughs> <trend> member. <laughs> I've been to a few attack shows, haven't we? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I've been to a few Frog and Fiddle attack shows. Because <laughs> we've got this thing, and so we had some guys on a couple of weeks back, and they did the most, he, he was, well, I can't remember his name, what was his name, Jesse? He was a stoner from Canada. Oh, God. He was an idiot, yeah. <laughs> but he did an amazing Hulk Hogan impression. It was like Hogan was in the room. Jesse can do a mean Stone Cold Steve Austin impression. Oh, yeah, yeah, go, 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 Jess. Well, goddamn, son! I'm gonna kick your ass! How's that? Okay, now do the Stone Cold impression. <laughs> <laughs> I was unprepared. I need, to, I need to meditate for at least half an hour before I can do that. Can we get a bit of Mambo Macho Man? Yeah, man. What, uh, what should I say? Oh, I get to choose. Um, this is Macho Mambo, and I listen to Got Till Five nice. Wrestling. Do a plug. Oh, cheap plug. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what I can do. Let me snap into a slim gym yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right, wrestling fans. Yeah, this is the Macho Mambo, Randy Chuckers, and uh, you're listening to the Got 
I don't want to leave TK out in case he's like hiding. Yeah, TK, do you have any amazing impressions? There's a lean Andre. I don't know. I was trying to think what Mamba was doing. Is it like, do I do any voices? I don't think so. Um, I think you should try one right now. Pretty good. One of the guys from being the elite, the hand guy. Ah, God, you put me on the spot now. I wish I do voices. Kevin Nash. What what kind of. (laughs) Does Kevin even have like a (laughs) known voice? (laughs) I was going to say, what what New Zealand uh, wrestlers have we got? We're on a show with Rene Dupree, who didn't come out with the Lara Dispatch music. But Teak's still busted out a pretty sweet Yeah, moment. I'm more into taunts and gestures than I am voices. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. fair enough. That's, that's, not, that's not really a podcast medium, I'll do, is it? I'll do one now for you. Go on. Loved it. Okay, there <laughs> That was amazing. You get the picture. Yeah, you know, you know which one that was. You get it. <laughs> I, I heard thigh slapping. Yeah. You know it when you see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, let's have a fan question, shall we? From Philip Cox. Yeah. Uh, Philip Cox asks, who do they believe to be the finest wrestler the UK has ever produced? For his record, he picks Nigel McGuinness. Um, ever, ever, ever. Uh-huh. From the UK? Yes. Yeah. I, I think I'd still say Zach. Yeah, I was going to say Zach. Yeah. Like, I would have argued maybe Regal, but then, like, I don't know. I didn't really like Regal when I was a kid. It was only when I became a wrestler that I really appreciated how good he was. But, like, Zach, I guess I guess it's the same with Zach. If I was a kid, I wouldn't, like... I yeah, I wouldn't I was... necessarily love Zach as a kid, but then I watched Zach as not a kid, so... Yeah. I've... Yeah, that's a great choice. And when I watch him, I'm just like... The amount of love Zach he's... gets, like, anyone I speak to is just speaks so highly of him. I think he's mm. someone that we'd have to maybe have a chat with Jesse. But you were saying that, like, like, William Regal didn't really grab you when you were growing up. Who do you kind of take influence from wrestling-wise? Is there anyone that you watch now that you didn't watch when you were younger that you like to kind of not imitate but get ideas from? Um, no one comes to mind right away. But, like... I know, I guess it's the same deal with, like, Zach. Like, Zach doesn't really do a style that I am as interested. Like, I'm impressed by it, and I do, like, I like watching him do it, but I don't think I could ever, like, mirror that. Like, I don't don't really do, like, a technical style. Yeah, it works for him because it's, like, what he loves, and it's just him. Yeah, and then, I don't know, like, the two dudes I would definitely, like, say, like, I base, well, not I base myself off, but, like, it gave me um, a reason to want to be a wrestler. It was definitely The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. Nice. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know anyone specifically now that I like. I enjoy watching to try, like, not steal, but, like, be... Uh... Well, I'd sort of, you know, without kissing your ass too much, I'd say both of you are sort of established enough in your own right that you don't need to. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you know your own shit and you know how to do it well. Ah, thanks, man. That's, yes. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. taken long enough to get it right, but, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's... Yeah, I think it's always kind of... Not bad, but like, if you can see someone in their 
uh, and you can see, and you're like, ah, oh, you can see like such an influence of that guy, then that's cool. But if you're like, oh, that guy's like really a big fucking mark for this other wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who are you really popping for? Yeah, if you're just doing spine busters and standing over them and tossing your elbow pad, then it's pretty obvious. <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, I do, I don't know, I guess I just watch wrestling and then just try to take moves that I see that I like, and then, or like little bits, or like little other intricacies, and then just try to change them like a little bit so it is something that, that technically I've made up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you get to keep up much with wrestling? Because... I had a kind of awkward thing when I was talking to Ridgeway. I was like, so what do you do in your spare time? And he just went, no, I just do wrestling. I watch wrestling, I do wrestling, and then I work out. So I'm going to word it differently this time. Of Do you guys keep up with the product, or do you have other interests outside? Well, both, really. Like, I, I try to watch as much wrestling as possible. Well, yeah, I try to watch as much wrestling as possible. Like, mm. um, I, I'll religious, religiously watch NXT every mm-hmm. week. Um, I used to watch Raw and SmackDown the same. Or just like I would watch it like every Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, since it comes out like midnight over here or whatever, so I would watch it the yeah. next day. But then I can't, I've just fallen off the wagon watching that. And then yeah, it's I nice. guess, like indie wise, I would uh, I, I don't know. I try to just watch as much as I can on like YouTube or like if match if like certain matches are popular, I'll try to find like a link to watch it or like mm. or I pay for a subscription <laughs> to uh, yeah, well sign, sign up every <laughs> sign up every week. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's a wild amount of wrestling to watch on yeah, YouTube. So and, much and, like, content on there and stuff, and like oh, it's uh, mad. Fight Network or whatever it's called, the Fight TV thing. Yeah. And, oh like, yeah. Sometimes go around Eddie's and watch like CMLL and just try and get like watch wrestling that you don't necessarily enjoy watching. Not that CMLL you don't enjoy, but there's like bits of it that just doesn't translate to translate like, the style to we do. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of interesting. I, I was never, like, a huge, huge Japanese wrestling fan, but then since, like, the Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega thing, so maybe it's, like, a weird Western bias <laughs> myself. But, like, uh, that, like, really started me watching it, and then, like, the Young Bucks and stuff. Ah, the Young Bucks. I pretty much just, if it's the Young Bucks, much. watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, I think watching all of, like, the PWG preview things got me into, like, the American indies, and then we'll try to, like, after I see, like, some, somebody's highlight reel that I'd like, or, like, um, there's, like, a lot of YouTubers that put out, like, top ten moves of such and such, and I always enjoyed watching those to just see, like, what moves cool. people did. I mean, sometimes move number ten is, like, clothesline or back elbow, and it's like, wow, you know, really fishing for yeah. moves here, but... That, that's pretty obvious, actually, because, like, when we're at training and stuff, TK's, like, heaps more innovative than pretty much anyone else in the class. So I guess that makes sense that you watch so many different crazy move lists. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you're getting it over. Um, so, so you guys are still training around London and stuff. Do you, do you have one set school, or do you try and work your way around a majority? Uh, by and large, we'll, uh, we'll be at Knuckle Locks on a Tuesday. Knuckle Locks is the same school, uh, training with Eddie. And then we used to go to uh, Sacrifice Pro in Leighton Buzzard. <laughs> this is like an eight-hour round trip or something. We used to go up to Fight Club as well. Yeah, yeah. I guess when when there's a new Mambo mobile, we'll probably do that. <laughs> that was like some of the first times we had it, probably. Yeah. yeah. Right now, the Fight Club's doing long, like four, hour, four hours up, or like five or six if the traffic was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Train for like a couple hours of traffic and then drive back the same night. So it's been mm. long days, but it's fun. Nice. Yeah, really, that's a wicked atmosphere too. Really cool yeah. atmosphere. Definitely. Yeah, it's a good lot of places to train, and uh, I recommend anyone goes to like as many schools as they can. Yeah, different perspectives is always good to keep like upskilling yourself. Mm. 
Yeah, it's a bit pants if you get comfy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, shall I segue into another question, Jesse, or have you got something? No, I'm just sorry. I, I got carried away listening and enjoying myself. <laughs> I haven't thought of anything. <laughs> Sitting there like a little fanboy. Um, uh, going back to, because obviously this week or two weeks ago, whatever time we're on at the moment, uh, was the WE UK tournament. And we got a question in relation to that. Uh, did you guys go, by the way? Did you check it out? <laughs> I have kind of a funny story from that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't think I was going to be able to go for one reason or another. But then like an hour beforehand, uh, Pastor uh, texted me saying that he'd gotten like a spare comp somehow or something like that. Uh, but I'd been playing in a paddling pool with my friend's kids. So like all my clothes were all wet. So my friend lent me her pajamas to go to the show. But then uh, uh, one of our friends got hurt, so we were going backstage to make sure that she was okay. And uh, I accidentally met like all of the head of creative and stuff in my pajamas. <laughs> while I was like, not even my pajamas, the girls' pajamas. <laughs> I like the first of all you show up to the Royal Albert Hall in pajamas. Like cooler than we've ever seen anyone look before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, cheers for getting us backstage to check on our friend. My name's Garrick. And this guy's like, yeah, my name's Canyon. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was so, going to how is Ginny? Is she all good or? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine now. You know, it's been like weeks and weeks since, you know, since this has gone on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been years at this point. She is actually fine, though. She's, she's, she's yeah, excellent. He's a tough That's dude. good. So nice. the question was from a guy called Art of Failure which is a cheery name. Um, That's a stupid name, I hate (laughs) So they said, I'm curious if they think the kind of... Now, I want to preface this, like, what restrictions there's going to be, so you guys can answer and clear this up in a bit. So they said, I'm curious if they think the kind of restrictions placed on WE UK talent might allow them to actually literally escape the mid-card. With so many top names essentially dropping out of the main event spots up and down the country, is there a healthy challenge now for guys like them to step up and take those spots at the top of the card more regularly? This guy needs to learn some grammar. I I didn't take a breath, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Is it just a big long run? It is. But he doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but he's playing solitaire with one card and another. Uh, yeah, what, what a loser. What a loser. <laughs> but, oh, thank you very much for the question, though, guy. <laughs> don't, don't pander to a mambo. I hate him. No, I don't want him to ever listen again. True, true. Yeah. We'll let him off. Maybe yeah, that's cool, too. Yeah, you know, love who you love. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, basically they're asking about the restrictions and it seems kind of vague what these restrictions are um, that's going to be happening. So are we going uh, to see yeah. banks just disappear completely from the indies or like what's... Uh, from what I understand, it's a pretty cool contract actually. I mean, I don't want to go into other people's things, but it yeah. seems like WWE have like quite an interest in keeping the independent scene strong. Because I think Which by the, by the sounds of it, from what I guess Mambo and I loosely know, because we're friends with people who are signed, but like nobody really wants to talk in depth no. about this because it's all like private, personal, confidential stuff. But mm. as far as I know, they want them to still be on the indies because they want them to still be like doing stuff and keeping their face out there. So like it keeps. So when they do, so when they do like the smaller, I guess like well, smaller is relative to anything not WWE now for them, isn't mm, it? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not doing WWE arena shows. They're just doing like local. 
um, electric ballrooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It seems really mutually beneficial, though, because, like, the crowd that was at the WWE UK Championship, moment, you always hear about, like, oh, once you go to WWE, you have to, like, reintroduce yourself to a whole new crowd. But, like, that crowd was a crowd of Oh, they knew, yeah. I watched it today on the network because like, I was there but then like you watch it on the network and you see, I like, did the same because I was right above like, where they do the commentary table so I was kind of up that yeah. top bit and I just kept watching how they were filming it and then yeah yesterday I put it on even though I was there I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just to see what it looked like really I just wanted to see yeah. the production so like, when they cut to the fans it's like it just scroll it, like pans across so many like progress shirts and bruiserweight shirts and like CCK shirts it's like mm. there's obviously like a large portion of the people coming to these shows who already know who I want to say we, but like in a relative sense, who we yeah, are yeah. on the on on the WWE shows. Yeah. It's not like obviously there's a large portion of them who will just be like strictly WWE and don't know anything outside of that bubble. But yeah. then there's just as like it's like the, the tide is turning ever so slightly now. Where like indie fans are starting to dominate because I guess yeah. because indie talent is starting to take over. Yeah, take over and over WWE are branching out into like a niche corner of the market because it certainly I don't think it was the same crowd that would have come, but like not. People that would have come to Raw wouldn't necessarily have come to the UK Championship Tournament just because it was WWE, I don't think. Mm. Like, it wasn't that same mass appeal. It was, like, catering to a niche market. So I think that must have had an effect on it. But, like, that publicity helps the guys on the indie scenes draw more to the indie ones, and then the, them being over on the indies brings more to WWE. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I was saying. I was yeah. just like, that's why they want them to slide. I think anyway that's why they want them to stay on the indies so like they can build their indie fan base and then when they go to like wherever they go and was it cambridge and plymouth and whatnot yeah when they go to those towns it's like well you know you saw me on such and such other show yeah come check me out at the wwe and then like there's more money in everybody's pocket pretty cool too seeing someone in like a community center and then an arena that's pretty sweet <laughs> but um in terms of does that help us escape the mid card it's kind of funny i was like oh shit cool a wwe uk show that's pretty sick like might work for the WWE. And then I was like, oh, there might be a massive talent vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on the WWE. Uh, I'll be on, like, the main event. But, uh, again, it's, like, mutually beneficial because it's either, like, we keep doing what we're doing and then maybe we'll get signed as well and get to be a part of the WWE UK or we just keep doing what we're doing and we'll just work our way up the Indies and then be, like, kings of, uh, kings of the Indies. <laughs> yeah. It's a win-win all around. Either way. Yeah. That's awesome. So just just quickly following on from that, and, and I'm sure it's a cliche question that everyone asks you all the time. You're sick to death of it, and you fucking hate me for asking it. But like, so based on that, is WWE the ultimate goal, or is there other places you want to sort of head oh, to? Oh, this question again. Oh, oh, I'm so oh. sorry. Oh, what a dick? Who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I was umming and ahhing over like the last bit of the question, so I didn't hear it. Was it is WWE the end goal? End goal, yeah. Or, or have you got other end goals, or anything you want to achieve before you go to WWE? Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Like, it's. I mean, it always was my dream, and now it seems like kind of like dangling the fruit like right in front of me of just mm-hmm. saying that now there's now WWE UK or UK what the hell is the acronym NXT, NXT UK, UK. Yeah. yeah that's it um, so now that, that like there's literally like a hub in in here so obviously coming from New Zealand there is like there's no base for wrestling there and then to move mm-hmm. to UK where the plan was if I keep if I keep training and if I wrestle like more on the big shows eventually like hopefully I'll catch somebody's eye and I'll get to move to Florida to move, or like or I'll get to move to Japan 
to work for New Japan or like or NXT or whatever. But now that there's like this like literal um, beacon of NXT UK in in here, and it has all my friends, I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's yeah, kind of like exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how the world has changed. Like I used to think that wrestling in all these like small, tiny places was like a cool, cool story on the road to WWE. Uh, but like, if I didn't think it was going to get me to WWE, then maybe it wouldn't have been worth it. But now I, I fucking love doing like uh, community centers somewhere in the, like the middle of yeah Ogdensville or whatever. Like, uh, so I, WWE was definitely the first goal, but. I mean, I'd still absolutely love to wrestle there, obviously. But I think just the journey of wrestling all over. Yeah, just my main goal. Like, I'm really enjoying just kind of, like, scraping and scrounging and getting by by the skin of your teeth. Like, kind of what, yeah. A couple of times a week, I'm just like, ah, this is exactly what I wanted life to be like. Yeah, we said that so many times. Yeah, yeah. After after a show the next day, just like, our lives are just like training and wrestling now. This is the best. And that, yeah. Finally. Yeah, really cool. And if we could wrestle at WWE, that would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that's like a... Yeah. Everyone's kind of goal to eventually get to. And now it just seems like it's there. Because as you said, before you had to hope you'd make the jump to Florida. But now it's in your back garden. So why not go for it? I think sometimes there's a notable wrestler, but, uh, a notable difference between uh, wrestlers that have like signed early with WWE though, and wrestlers that have established themselves and become great wrestlers and then signed with WWE. And I think that's pretty cool too, like to be like a really well-rounded performer and like feel comfortable in every situation before. Yeah. Like I think like as much as I would like to sign, like as soon as possible, I feel like I'm only just starting to hit my stride of like, of who I am and what I'm doing. So if I could just keep doing this for a bit more and get more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Myself. then I'd be like, well, cool. Now I have like some value to to add to the show. I'm not just a body on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's fair. That's a that's good, awesome. good aspiration to have. Yeah. Uh, which I love what you I love what you said, Mambo, as well about enjoying doing the community, enjoying what you're like. It's not necessarily an aim to WE now. You're just enjoying what you're doing because I work with so many sort of comedians or uh, musicians and stuff who feel like they have to be this struggling artist and yeah. have to. Do you know what I mean? And you you don't have to be. You can actually enjoy it. Like you can have a really fucking good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, what's the point? You're <laughs> yeah. having, like, a great time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, I think it's the best. Uh, yeah, man. You're yeah. in the minority, but you're the right... You're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. It's really wild as well, because in a, like, perverse way, if you have, like, a big sold, pre-sold-out, uh, like, uh, whatever venue, it's quite easy to get them on side. But to, like, the, the rewarding feeling of, like, going out in front of, like, the people in like a already lit like not well lit like awkward ring like weird venue where everyone's kind of uncomfy but by the end of the match they're like really having like a great time then that feels like wicked to have given people like a really good time even though like yeah man fighting against it in a way <laughs> that's cool no 100% yeah those those people remember that for a long long time do you know what I mean yeah well yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> or at least forget their troubles for a short short time <laughs> yeah <laughs> watching you live yours indeed yeah, <laughs> right Max right. Um, are we going to throw a top five on them well I've got two more fan questions left so shall I fire uh, okay, these out fire, pretty quickly fire, 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 fire. 
they're pretty quick. So next one is from Nick, uh, who's very excited to have you guys on the podcast and have a chat on local. He says the favorite, most favorite wrestling venue the guys have worked in, or the most favorite wrestling venue they hope to work in, not including the barn, which is obviously number one. I was literally thinking of the barn as he said it. Yeah, the barn at the I really used to love the garage. The barn, the barn and cafes genuinely are two of my favourite uh, venues. But also, I think the garage in London, where the early progresses were, that was a wicked cool venue. That was really cool. Yeah, nice, uh, sweet. I think the ballroom is probably my favourite, just because when I used to watch Progress from New Zealand, I was like, "That looks awesome. I want to be involved. I want to be on that so bad." And then yeah. to finally like yeah. come out and be on the stage and be like, "Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> did it." Yeah, it's like a of achievement. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay. Yeah, good good shout out. I like. Uh, I guess like Madison Square Garden. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna go big, go big. Was it the one from WrestleMania 17, like the Skydome or the Superdome? Was... 17 was in Texas, wasn't it? I can't remember the name of the venue. Though. It was either the Skydome or the Superdome, and I just remember that. It's cool stuff. <laughs> I remember what it looks well, like. Well, we've got, uh, got Wembley coming up in September. Maybe that one as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Wembley, Wembley. Oh, I do. <laughs> you know when I, said, when I said Wembley? Yeah, Wembley. Yeah, just before Madison Square Garden. I think the sound cut out on the thing, but we both said we would love to wrestle for progress on at Wembley. Wembley. There we go. <laughs> Where all that and... <laughs> Right, final question. And that this is for... Really <laughs> we wrestle at Wembley Stadium and come out to Adele. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please do. Can me and Jesse serenade you? Please. Yes. See, Jesse just got booked at Wembley. That's all it is. You got to ask. The worst thing you can do is yeah, say no. Just got to ask. Yeah. 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 Uh, progress and escape the mid card from all those weeks back. Right. But he's got something to throw your way. He says, We all know Mambo has balls, big bouncy balls. What's TK got? Uh, friends in high places. Nice. <laughs> That's a solid answer. Can't come back from that. Can't come back no. from it. So, yeah, uh, we haven't told you what top five we're going to ask you. Uh, I'm going to leave that up to my dear friend Jesse. And as you've noticed, <laughs> We're we like to it, put you on the spot. We're keeping it simple, aren't we? Though. Can I? Oh yeah, yeah. It's just all just off the top of your head because I feel like people are more honest when they haven't had time to prepare. So if each of you uh, could I just tell, if each of you could just tell me your top five favorite wrestlers of all time right now, I would love that. Uh, top five in order or just five? Not, any any order, just five that you love. Um, The Rock, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle. Uh, Carlito and MVP. Amazing. Didn't, didn't even break a sweat. Yeah, fantastic. Good answers, man. I, I would love to see Carlito back in the WWE. He, there's a place for him. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I, it's a shame about, like, Carlito and MVP. I say it's a shame. I guess they did what they wanted, but, like, selfishly, yeah, I do want them back just so I can just see more of them. But I guess yeah, definitely. By the end of it, by the end of their tenure. Did you see Carlito and when he was inducting his dad into the Hall of Fame? Um, and he said about how um, someone had gone long, and so they've had to cut their induction oh, short. Cool. Then he yeah. said, "Oh, it's like I never left." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. 
cool. That was a great top five, man. How about you, Mambo? Mambo's out the room. He'll be right back. Oh, okay. Oh, he's, go- he's gone to go look through like the wrestling encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who are these guys? <laughs> I feel like we should just berate TK with top fives until he comes back. <laughs> He knocked that one out so quickly. Give me another, give me another one, and I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can fill the time with. All right, All right. top, top five, five cruiserweights. Uh, top five cruiserweights: uh, yeah. Paul London, Easy. Kid Cash, Hooventude, uh, the Gregory Helms, and who else? There, like uh, the Brian Kendrick. Great choices, but no Rey Mysterio. Uh, it didn't come to mind. He, he's he's doing what you said, Jesse. Top of his head. Fair enough. No, that's cool. I'm I'm a proper Rey Mysterio. I've, my my opinion on Rey Mysterio is that everyone of a certain age, like, has Rey Mysterio has been their favorite wrestler at some point of their life. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause he's perfect for kids and just everyone when they're sort of getting inducted into being a wrestling fan loves Rey Mysterio at one point or another. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I I did. There was a portion of my life I think where I was like dedicated to how awesome Rey was. <laughs> Yeah, it always happens. It's like it's like part of the part of becoming a wrestling fan. Yeah, you you don't have a choice. I yeah, remember exactly. Is you can ask, you can fire away. Hey, sorry about that. This came out of nowhere. It's really weird. What happened? You all good? What you? Everyone happy? Say, it, went, it went weird there for a second. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say, are you all good? You happy now? Yep, much better. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we we made TK do two top fives because he he's a natural at it. Apparently, he's gonna take one of our positions on here. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, and I know it's gonna be you. Oh, I appreciate so that. The B-roll equivalent on a podcast. Yeah. I never get the B-roll, so I'll probably just do one. <laughs> so we asked uh, top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Oh, cool. So just off, off the, the top of your head, right now. Oh, that's for me. Oh, sorry. I already did. Uh, uh, my, uh, well, Austin, obviously, because Austin's the man. Scotty Too Hotty, uh, Steve Blackman, uh, the Blue Meanie, <laughs> and I'd have to probably, uh, no, well, wait, hold on, can I restart? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Steve Austin's real, he really is. Uh, The Rock, like, was my favorite when I was a kid, but I don't know if he really anymore. Uh, mixed. Foley. Yeah, Mick Foley. Austin, Mick Foley. Uh, did you really like Scotty Too Hot? Well, I'll put Scotty Too Hot in there. Uh, he had he had a good match with Dean Malenko at Backlash once. I remember that. Was that for the light heavyweight title? <laughs> it was, yeah. Backlash 2000. Oh, man. They do a sweet like DDT off the top. That's it. That's the finish. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah, match. Yeah. It's, it's the craziest match I've ever seen. Well, from yeah. body. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, no, he excelled. Uh, probably Prince David. Is that, I mean, Ben Bala. Uh, nice, yeah. You indie mark. Yeah. I'm so cool. I've watched the Benjamin. <laughs> oh, man, I am lagging. Uh, uh, it's hard to choose between, like, a top five. Maybe. Uh... God, I hope that's your mouth. Uh, um, China. China. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, Hogan. Hogan. There we go. Hogan. Not the man, but yeah. Nice. We have a top. Not we have man. a top five out of Chuck Mamba. Well, who did I say? Hogan, Austin. There, obviously the best. Scotty Too Hot. Scotty Too Hot. Mick Foley. Yeah. 
I think I changed my mind on the rock because he was, but nah. Finn Balor. That's it. Finn, yeah. yeah, it was. Finn Balor. Yeah. Finn Balor. Fergal Devitt. Um, Lovely stuff. Some of my favorite wrestlers. It's yeah. hard, isn't it? It's, it's I hard. Think. I mean, T.K. Cooper uh, was, was incredible at that, but um, it is difficult to do. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I was just kind of concussed. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what wrestling well, is, it's fine. After someone betrayed him. <laughs> <laughs> that happened weeks ago, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> Stop bringing it up, bro. It's not too bad, man. It sounds like, making it feel like it's three days ago. Uh, God. <laughs> but um so yeah guys thank you so much for coming on and having a chat to us please plug your merch so you can get fed on a daily basis um everyone who's listening go and check out any tk cooper matches chuck mambo matches go to indie shows and buy all our merch where can they find stuff and things well if you'd like to support <laughs> yes <laughs> it's almost exact uh, uh well i don't know if you know but i do do the voiceover at the end there uh, is that you? Is it? So, um, do you want me to actually do yours? Or? Yeah, yeah, guys, I'd love to see it live. So, uh, for Mambo, it's uh, mambomerch.bigcartel.com for um, all ethical uh, hey ho Mambo shirts and etc. Um, I think it's at Chuck Mambo on everything. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, nice. Uh, for me, it's spbc.bigcartel.com. Limited sizes and all things at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, I actually don't really have much more than stickers right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but don't not buy something when you hear just this. Buy something, yeah. yeah. By the time it's come out, they'll be. Oh, actually, I just got the fucking sickest new merch designed. Um, by the time this goes out, weeks after, uh, wait, weeks removed from. By the time this goes out, it will be on the thing. So go on. At mambomerch.bigcartel.com. Uh, for me, it's spbc.bigcartel.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and, and uh, what do you do on Facebook? Do you just like, you don't follow people on Facebook. I think you, you like, like the, yeah, like uh, it's, it's at puretkc, if not forward slash puretkc. That would be great. Do you guys have a Facebook page? Because I feel like Facebook is dying on its ass. Yeah, no, we, we tried we it, got we rid tried of it for a bit and it was shit, so we got rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really. Sure. Twitter's the way to go. But uh, even still, um, just like the Facebook. Yeah, page. like it because like uh, the more the more popular we appear, the more likely we'll get signed. So that would be great. Yeah, or I could get a pro wrestling. T-shirt. Awesome. Yes, pro wrestling tee shop. That's the goal. And yeah. don't and don't and don't forget who got you signed when you get signed off the back of this interview, please. Uh, no, no, don't forget your roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't forget us. Dream of it. Jesse, we're fine. We're singing Adele at Wembley Stadium. That's fine. Yeah, we've been booked. You booked us. That's cool. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. Like, I'm not even. I I've been so lightheaded for the last ten minutes. I feel like I'm the <laughs> go home stretch. Here. <laughs> well, we'll let you go lie down again. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Um, we'll probably be at a Riptide show or an Attack show, so we'll come. We're and a say progress hello, so match. Got... We're coming to the um, Fifty Shades of Green match. Uh, show, sorry. Oh, so on the 15th, which is so the 15th of July, that's two days after this show comes out. Amazing. Shall, shall we come say hello at the merch table and we'll have a little dance? That's on my to wrestle in venues. Birmingham? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, I imagine, I only imagine I'm on because, like, if Trav's on, I'm on. Because, you know, someone's got to have his back. Friends always have, each, have friends' as backs, you know? Uh, exactly. Oh, TK. Like that. Well, 
well, we hope to see you there, and we'll come and say hello. Otherwise, I'll be uh, seeing you. At, uh, I'll be seeing you at an attack show at the Frog and Fiddle at some point soon, and Max will be seeing you at a Riptide. Yeah, man, I'll be there a um, couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, oh on the six. I, I, yes. I remember seeing you. You're already pretty sweet, man. Remember when you guys came up and said, "Hey, yeah, it's already happened." Awesome. That was a good. T- <laughs> that was a good time. I remember that. I forgot that we were best friends now. <laughs> Awesome. Well, cool. we love you both. Thanks so much again. Appreciate the time. Always. And we appreciate you all. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, that was fun, wasn't it, Jeff? Thank you, Chuck and TK. Teak, as some people call him. Yes, that was fun. That was nice. And it was nice, nice to be actually involved. Oh, shut up. It was nice to actually be uh, involved in an interview. Um, with because I was available and that's nice and I think they were um, very excited to um, have me involved as well because if it was just with you it would have been a dour dour experience <laughs> they were very impressed with your girlfriend and solitaire ability so exactly you can take that away but now we need to get into some serious business we've got a top five to do so first we're going to hear from our dear friend Steve and then we're going to play the drop and then we're going to talk about tag teams sound good <laughs> good uh. So, what's up? Steve Fingerstyles here, the host of The Podcast, spelled D-A, of course. Tune in each and every week to hear what pisses me off, what angers me, what I make fun of, and of course, my crazy rants. I also have incompetent co-hosts, cool guests, and a silent producer that sucks. So what more do you need from a podcast? You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and the Pod Bros Network. Peace. Are you ready? Oh, hell yeah. You fans can stick it, brother. Who's your daddy, Montreal? Tell me he didn't just say that. That was Steve. Uh. <laughs> uh, we haven't gone corporate, by the way. Um, Steve does a podcast, as you just heard from his little promo thing, um, and um, he's helped us out a lot. And um, if you listen to his show, he'll play one of us saying a similar sort of thing, but about us. And yes. I wrote it earlier, and it's brilliant. It's just brothers looking out for brothers, isn't that right? Exactly that. We need okay. some sisters to look after. Why haven't we had any women podcasters um, that we've worked with? Because you're one of the hosts. Oh, what's wrong with that? It's getting, it's becoming a sausage fest up in here. I, we need, um, we need a lady podcaster. Do, can, do they know how to podcast the ladies? <laughs> Example A of why we have zero. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so we didn't get time to talk about the top five at the start of the show because Jesse, Chuck, and TK. Just started talking and didn't shut up for an hour. That's because we had chemistry. That's because we like we're gifted talkers. So I mean, you need to t- you need to take a page out of our book, sunshine. You do realize that halfway through the interview, you just stopped talking. Did I? You just went. I'm just listening. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't. You don't hear Parky just going. Oh, I'm just listening. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> 
especially there's no visual medium with this either like imagine if um, like graham norton did it on a saturday morning or something um yeah well i know i carried on talking as well i think a bit i can't remember what happened um it was minutes ago uh <laughs> so yeah our top five is unorthodox tag teams and i feel like this has come about mainly because of the reunion of team hell now wasn't it i know i know we don't like to timestamp our podcasts but um as of recording uh, Daniel Ryder's just reunited with Kane, and that's quite nice. So I think it's, that's what inspired us to come up with this top five. Yeah, it's Team Hound. I'd even call TK and Mambo an unorthodox tag team. That's a very good point that I hadn't even considered. Well done, guys. Good work. Mix it up, because now, yes, they've announced officially that they will be taking tag team bookings. So it's all on the up for the ETM at the moment. It's all happening. But that, when... Well, like I, said, like I said in the interview, genuinely a awesome YouTube show channel whatever you want to call it um that every wrestling fan particularly british wrestling fans but all wrestling fans should be um taking note of it's great uh the reunion brought tears to my eyes it really did it, uh, was... it, brought, it brought tears to every orifice of my body <laughs> troubling troubling now <laughs> when we say unorthodox tag teams let's just describe what that is because we've done tag teams in the past i believe uh, on another I episode i don't even know what it is so you better explain it to me <laughs> And you've done a list. That's worrying. That is worrying. Um, <laughs> Dudley boys. So when we say unorthodox tag teams, exactly. People who are a natural tag team or come in as a tag team, the Dudley boys, the Freebirds, Edge and Christian, the Rockers, they're not unorthodox tag teams. They've been around before. Um, but when you get guys that are put together and they make it work and they become a tag team from that, then that's what is defined as unorthodox. You're not going to see... Ishii and Yano being like, yes, they're a solid tag team together. That's weird. I fucking um, feel so sorry for Ishii in that scenario. And I like Yano a lot, but um, as previous listeners will know, I think Ishii's one of the most underrated wrestlers on the scene right now, and he deserves better. He is. He's treated so well in this country, like held up as a god in RevPro and all the promotions. Uh, but then he Why goes back so? to Japan, and he's just back to mid-card, lower he's mid-card. A, yeah, he's a pitbull bitch. But um, <laughs> uh, have you seen Yano's new T-shirt? The Mount Rushmore one. No, it's a new one. Um, it's what's it called? The um, I think it's a um, Da Vinci thing. Is it? The, oh yes, yes. Where he's holding on the the six the six yes. sides. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of them is doing his sort of trademark shrug, which is um, just brilliant. I don't think I'll ever buy Yano merch. I think that I think I'd be happy to wear that T-shirt. That is one T-shirt I would wear. Although, got my first bit of uh, New Japan merch this weekend for my birthday. By the way, the first bit late to the party. Yeah, happy birthday! I did tweets and stuff for you. I did the correct thing that a podcast co-host should do. It was cute, didn't I? It was exactly. Really cute. So you did it for me as well, didn't you? You posted yeah. a picture of me, Tyler Bate, and Pete Dunne with me looking like their gay uncle. <laughs> my favorite picture ever. I'm hoping for like. <laughs> When when we see Mambo and TK, if we can just recreate something similar, I'll be very happy. Okay, shall I wear the same attire so that it looks like I wear the same thing to every wrestling show? Shall I wear the waistcoat and Progress Pride t-shirt? And, and like a neck scarf. If shall I wear next neck scarf beret? <laughs> <laughs> Bit of lippy. Just make it work. Just make it dog, work. Dog lead. <laughs> we rock up. Hi guys, we're Max and Jesse from Big Up Till 5 and I've got you on a leash. I'm the solitaire guy. <laughs> uh, so I got my first bit of New Japan merch. I got a LIJ jacket and it's beautiful, it's lovely. But since wearing it, every single member lost at 
Um, we're doing it current again. They lost it at G1 Special. And my favourite, Takahashi, nearly died. Yeah, he's got a broken neck. But I've always Dead. had a theory that, um, that broken necks and concussions don't exist in Japan. But my theory remains because this show happened in America. So um, they, they obviously have been invented in America. So they happened, but they've yet to be discovered in Japan. So everyone's still fine who wrestles in that country. Yeah, New Japan, they just skip from concussion to brain bleed like Shibata. There's just no concussions, just an automatic brain bleed. Oh, so many brain bleeds. But, <laughs> but, the, um, but the necks are fine. The necks are strong. Strong. Um, my friend Aaron was telling me the other day that apparently in the New Japan Dojo, they dedicate like an hour a day to strengthening their necks. Yes. So that's why they um, most of them are okay. That's, which what they, like, I... that's what they threaten us with, because we do like a three-minute bridge, and that's tiring enough. And yeah. then whoever's training us be like, lucky you're not in New Japan, we'd be doing it for an hour. <laughs> right. I just like the idea. When I heard about next, I just pictured... Um, like an hour of in a dojo like a Shenmue style proper dojo no wrestling rings or anything just a wooden floor just wood and yeah and me, like grown men just like just like diving head first into the floor <laughs> just over and over for an hour oh wrestling training oh we're getting sidetracked already we we've, had a re- we've had a really long interview we need to sort of bust out a top five otherwise this is going to be eight hours long right you're right you're right you're right you're right when you're right you're right so Jesse um, it's because we had to talk to them. We we wanted to talk to each other. We exactly. shouldn't have guests on. We should never have guests on. <laughs> guests just get in the way. They do. Uh, we need to sort out. You haven't got anyone in the schedule, Max. Get. We need a new guest okay. to um, tell people about. So this time next bye week, I want you to um, have a guest lined up and at least someone that you can tell us will be on the show soon. All right. Deal. Good. Quicker. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, uh, let's jump to the top five, got till five. Let's do it. Here's the drop. We've already played the drop. What? What, for the um, for the actual top five? Yeah, we played Steve and then the drop. Oh, God, we're in it! <laughs> why, 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 why are we stuck in this world? Okay, um, what, are we, what's, um, what, um, what are we doing if we get a crossover? Oh, shit. This is all falling apart. I know. Um, okay, because it's uh, because Kane is commonly accepted to have had some mental tag team partners in his time. Mm. Can we do Kane? Do you remember when Kane had the voice box? Yes. Um, do you remember when he said "suck it" through the voice box? Yes. Can we do that? Hundred percent. <laughs> <Okay, cool. laughs> That's Suck our crossover. Suck it. <laughs> um, I wish I had said that more in my life. Um, I just wrote that's... down "suck it, Kane." <laughs> Suck it. Um, Okay, you go first, do it. I go first, okay. So my number five comes from a wonderful time back in 2003. Judgment Day was the pay-per-view. It was a sunny day, and I was a happy boy. Um, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero were going to face the world's greatest tag team in a ladder match for the tag team titles. Unfortunately, on the European tour... By the way, no notes. This is all memory, by the way. On the European tour, Chavo Guerrero suffered a bicep injury the day before, so they needed to come up with a new tag team partner to fill in the match, because it was a pay-per-view, you can't just get rid of it. So Eddie Guerrero... Have you caught wrestling autism off me? I I must have done, because I'm really freaked out right now. I think you have. Raw autism. Raw. (laughs) Raw Raw. autism. (laughs) Um, So... Chavo Guerrero was out, his nephew, so the only logical person that could be Eddie Guerrero's partner was Tajiri. Logical? 
Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri um, during this. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm on a roll. Don't stop me, Jesse. Don't stop me All now. Right, go. I'm having Let's a good back. time. I'm having a I'm good time. A um, so Eddie Guerrero, as he was like messing around with. Uh, the world's greatest tag team, who their leader was Kurt Angle. He stole the gold medals from Kurt Angle to kind of get in the head. He also drew like a Mexican mustache on a Kurt Angle portrait. <laughs> and when Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri came out, they're wearing the gold medals. And there's nothing weirder than seeing a Mexican and a Japanese man wearing American gold medals. It makes me very happy. I can think of several weirder things, but continue. <laughs> Not for our show, you can't. Um, no. <laughs> not legally, anyway. So they were facing world's greatest tag team who were the tag team champions in a ladder match and shock and behold Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri go and win the thing amazing mind blown right because I thought oh Tajiri's his tag team partner there's no way they're going to put the bouts on him they'll just wait till Chavo gets back they they swerved me like a bitch Tajiri is the fucking man like Tajiri has always been awesome and I miss him greatly and super underrated, always. Just really, really solid professional wrestler. And in an era where Japanese... Like everyone talks about this women's revolution, right? No one ever talks about the Japanese revolution. Because once upon a time, the Japanese... Any Japanese wrestlers in WWE, their gimmick was, I'm Japanese. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So in the same way that the women were, we're divas. And, um, but Tajiri took that I'm Japanese thing and just made it work better than any other Japanese wrestlers in America did at that time. He was just awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like his movements and embracing the style, but he was still a legit wrestler, which was awesome. Um, but this match is so much fun because you, you kind of expect World Greatest Tag Team to win, Charlie Haas and Shout and Benjamin. Um, and there's some great spots where they both kind of double drop kick the ladder into Charlie Haas's crotch, which I always remember vividly. Yeah. Um, just some really cool spots. Like, you don't expect a Jiri to kind of nail a ladder match. I think they even do, like, the spider thing he used to do. Tarantula. Tarantula, yeah. I think he even the does spider that. Thing. The spider thing. I was doing well, well I said, for in a, a ladder bit. match, he could do it as long as he wants because there's no rope breaks. Exactly, Jesse Benz. I think someone hit him with a ladder, and that's what broke it up. Wow, I'm there on fire go. right now. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it was a great match. And then it led to a feud, um, which was the first time. That my my dear mother told me that I could, I should stop watching wrestling. That it's too violent. It was when I used to watch on like Saturday mornings on Sky, and Eddie the way he turned onto Jerry was he like Tiger power bombed him through his lowrider, and my mum walked in right in the moment where he puts him through the windshield of the lowrider, and she's oh that's violent. You shouldn't watch that. <laughs> that's a terrible impression. She's not. That's not what your mum sounds like. <laughs> she's got um, quite a sort of sexy. Deeper voice, as far as I remember. <laughs> oh, you worry me so much. Um, oh, your mum is a classic brunette. She's gorgeous. So, well, that's what I remember most about that feud was him turning on him. Um, and I don't remember where the feud went from there because I wasn't allowed to watch anymore. But I did. Mm. I snuck Aww. down and I watched it. But yeah, great ladder match and great pay-per-view judgment day. Had a stretcher match in it as well. But it did with... Um... Big show, show and bro. No. Big show and bro. Yeah, it was big show and bro. Yeah, didn't he end up driving a forklift? He to did. Get him over the. He, yeah. he smashed a forklift through the set and um, put him on the forklift. Great pay per view. Nice. This was the same pay per view that had a um, wonderful moment between um, two people, a, a tag and an orthodox tag team that were in my list. But we'll get to that later. I like it. Um, 
Yeah, teaser. Um, you're talking about um, your mum walking in on you watching that bit. My mum walked in on me watching wrestling when I was a kid once, and it was WrestleMania 19 during the, um, um, the what was it, the Miller Lite catfight oh, girls yeah, yeah. Pillow, pillow fight. And she walked in just as they pulled Jonathan Coachman's trousers down and um, like were rolling over him and stuff. And my mum just walked in and I just looked at her and said, I can't explain this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even begin to explain like, the series of events that led to that moment. <laughs> this picture like slowly backing out of the room with the washing basket. <laughs> you just couldn't, you just can't even begin. Um, you just shrugged to your mum. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know me. but anyway um, okay very good number five well done Uh, my number five you'll like it might even be on your list I'm not sure better not be Um, it's well it's one of my favourite team ups and the only reason it's so high on my list is because it's not as unconventional as others but it is um, my all time favourite whose last week's show was dedicated to rest in peace Chris Benoit um, partnering with Edge your favourite of all time not on my list is this completely blanked out of my head good choice right well well, I chose it because of our friendship. I see how you feel about me. Um, <laughs> I, so, um, I I just remember when we were at school, when so Benoit had won the world title. It was the best time ever. Um, Edge literally came back the night after Benoit won the world title from his year off having neck surgery. And um, then a few weeks later, um, they win the tag titles together. And it was just awesome because it was your favourite. It was back. It was my favourite. It was finally getting the credit he deserved. And they just became a tag team and um, did some fantastic... Uh, won it off La Resistance, I believe, yes. I think. Yeah. Um, and um, lost them to La Resistance as well, I think. But um, because of interference from someone or other. Um, and then I think they're actually two-time champions. Because then the night that Edge turned heel, which was at Taboo Tuesday, when Shawn Michaels won the vote to face Triple H for the world title, which left Chris Benoit and Edge to challenge for the world tag team titles, Edge fucked off and turned heel and abandoned Benoit. And Benoit did end up winning the match. Yeah. So it was a one-man tag team champion for a while. But technically, on paper, Edge was the partner of that match. So technically, they're two-time tag team champions. Because I always get confused with that timeline of when Chris Benoit... <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? I'm just hearing shit out your window. It's funny. Um... Oh, right. Yeah, very unhappy England fans. Again, another timestamp that England just got knocked out of the World Cup by Croatia literally about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we took a break in between the interview and this to um, watch the game. Watching watch England lose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when Mambo said earlier, does he think that England's going to win the World Cup due to his song? It's because he didn't see the game yet. Obviously, it's nothing to do with time travel. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, because I always get confused between the timeline of Chris Benoit and Edge, like when Edge does walk out on him and hits him with a brick. There's always a... Yeah, oh, that was... The brick was a while later. So Taboo Tuesday was in 2004. Yeah. That's, that's literally the night Edge turned heel. He was already getting... Um, booed. Booed, yeah. yeah but he um, officially turned heel that night. And then it was all the way to um, Backlash 2005 when Edge hit um, Benoit with a brick in a last man standing match because um, Edge had won Money in the Bank the month before at Mania, having just pipped Benoit to it. One of the few times, actually, that Benoit's ever bled in a wrestling match was um, that Money in the Bank match, the first Money in the Bank match. For all the things Benoit put himself through, he very, very, very rarely bled. um, But that was one match where you saw it. Interesting. Mm. Yes. 
There you go. But um, yeah, so first time round, um, Ben Warren and Edge were a great tag team, both faces, both really hot at the time. That was cool. And then second time, it um, turned Edge heel, and um, which started the biggest um, run of his career, the best, certainly the best run of his career, in my opinion, his heel run um, from that day until um, pretty much his retirement. And um, yeah, really good. Just uh, I think um, it was unusual and just so coincidental that it was our two favourites picked years beforehand yeah and that they got together and I like that yeah yeah um it was probably one of my favourite times like it was great when Edge and Randy got together another one that you you can have as an end that's just popped into my head stupidly um Ray and RKO yeah that that, they see it's weird because um you don't think of them as an orthodox tag team because they turned it into such a really good unit you know what I mean they didn't feel unorthodox anymore but when they first started, it was certainly unusual. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Because um, I, I always loved that promo where it's like goading him in to like be a tag team partner with him. It's very good. Yeah, very good. It is good. Uh, yeah, good choice, Jesse. Thanks, mate. Number four, go. <laughs> Mine is a quick one because it was a very short space of time, but it's a very weird tag team to have happened, especially for the events that happened not a week later. So mine is. Bret Hart and Goldberg in WCW. Ah, very strange. Very, strange. very hipster. I, I do try to be. I do try. So, Bret Hart had just won the vacated world championship when WCW was in its heyday of brilliance, uh, where it was being vacated nearly every month at this point. And, yeah. Um, yeah, he defeated Goldberg and won the title. I think is how it happened. Or was that the United States? I don't remember. So, he won the world title. No, he defeated Perry Saturn, that was it. And a bunch of others. And so they... Poor Perry. I know, right? <laughs> but then in December, the two of them won the world tag team championships. Uh, so Hart held the world title and the tag team title. And they were just such a weird tag team. Like Benoit did with it. Yeah, exactly. And I have no idea. I cannot remember for the life of me why they were put together. Probably because of all the stuff that happened with the US title belt. But it was just weird. It was a really weird time for them to be tag team champions. There's some great promo pictures where Brett's got both titles and he's like smiling. And he's like, yay, maybe life will work out. And we got Goldberg's just miserable. Like, no, it won't. <laughs> um, spoiler alert this tag team isn't in my top five but uh, I found a promo picture whilst researching this episode of um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Dude Love oh, yes. uh, standing with each other and it's just Dude Love it's a similar sort of picture it's Dude Love sort of smiling and throwing up the peace sign with his hands and then Stone Cold's just standing next to him with his thumb out pointing at Dude Love and an expression on his face like fuck is this guy <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> it was a funny picture. So Hart, but, um, and Hart and Goldberg lost the titles um, in the, who too? Uh, the Outsiders. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Nash and Hall. Yes. Um, wah, 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 wah. And I think it's like a week later or a couple of days later, the infamous Starcade match happens where Brett defends his world title against Goldberg and then Goldberg kicks him in the head as hard as possible. Yeah, and we all know what happened there. Poor Brett. Yeah. Um, very good. So you've picked um, a tag team that ultimately ended in the um, end of the career of your one of your favourite wrestlers of all time. Yeah, I like to remind people what Goldberg did. 
good but he played a hell of a father christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah bonus episode coming out this week everybody um oh yeah we're, we're, we're gonna treat you we did. and um there's a film called sadness slay that goldberg's in and it may be involved <laughs> definitely 100 percent number three is what <laughs> <laughs> so you're number four please jb uh, I no one ever calls me JB. It's weird, um, but there is a um, so my surname is Benz, as I'm sure people know. And there's a um, uh, I, I'm not even sure what they do, but it's a big factory around the corner from where I live, and they're called Benz. So B E N C E. But um, when you say it, it sounds like my surname. So whenever people talk about it, it sounds like it's my factory, and I run it, and I like to pretend. Cool story. Uh, wow. Number four is um, <laughs> uh, number four is. Um, the king of unorthodox tag teams, Kane, and I have chosen oh. Rob Van Dam oh. as his partner. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. Um, so, Kane and RVD, I thought were a great tag team, and I will play as them as a lot in um, a lot. Here Comes the Pain. I will play as them as a lot <laughs> in SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, that lovely PlayStation 2 game. Um, put my personal favourite wrestling game of all time. And um, it was fun, and they're a good tag team. And this, when they were a tag team, this is around the era that um, Kane was unmasked, mm-hmm. and they actually carried on as a tag team for a little bit. But with Kane being a bit mental, obviously, and it culminated in Kane just absolutely fucking up Rob Van Dam, like destroying him, borderline raping him. But um, this was we also call it hide and raking. Hide and raking, Jesse. He hi- he hide and raked him, yeah, and he set Jr. on fire around this time, which was lovely as well. But it was. Um, I thought they were a great tag team. They just had. I know Kane has had odd tag team partners, and they've been fun. But I think RVD and Kane genuinely had some real chemistry. They did, and just it wasn't anything anyone would have predicted to put together. And they've. I think they did a fantastic job. Um, I don't think they ever won the tag titles, which is a shame because um, I don't think they did. They could have done. I don't. I'm I don't think. No, I don't. The size that they did. You think they did? I don't. I think they did. I think they just challenged quite a God, lot. God, we need a, like, a they... little lackey to do some research while we do this. We need a research. Yeah, RVD and Kane win the tag team titles. Um... Oh, really? Who from and when? Oh, God. Quicker! Right. Remember when we said this was going to be a quick top five? Yeah, <laughs> complete bullshit. <laughs> man, they were together for a while. Uh... Yeah, man. Oh yeah, because this was during the match. This is when we lost uh, the Intercontinental title for ages as well. Yeah, um, lost at No Mercy because Triple H unified them by beating Kane. And then um, the Intercontinental title came back at Judgment Day 2003 um, in a Battle Royale, the same show where um, Eddie teamed with um, Tajiri. Ah, very good fact. Um Okay, so, on uh, Raw, Kane and RVD defeated Chief Morley and Lance Storm and the Dudleys in a freeway elimination to win the World Tag Team titles. Nice. There you go. I, I've got no recollection of that, but they were champions. They were so champions. established tag team, yeah. They wrestled at WrestleMania 19? In the pre-show. Ah, I have no memory of that. No, it wasn't. It, the, the match wasn't even on the DVD, I don't think. Um, it was a pre-show match. Um, the... Um, and then the Dudleys turned heel on Kane and RVD in that match and then it was just forgotten the next week the Dudleys just were face again and acted like it never happened 
that's which is weird yeah Yeah. and but there you go Kane and RVD very strange and it led to Kane's unmasking indirectly and uh, it was Kane's first storyline unmasked and when he was unmasked I cannot exaggerate to you enough um anyone listening who of a certain age who is like younger how scary how legitimately scary Kane actually was when he was first unmasked he played that character amazingly well was legitimately a monster heel and real scary looking and just yeah played the part incredible Glenn Jacobs is an incredibly talented man yeah, completely. It was, um, I, I always remember, because RVD was, like, sitting in the ring and just looking up at Kane, and Kane just pulls it off, and his, his mascara's running, and he's got, like, <laughs> that weird bold tuft around the back of his head, and he whips, ah, oh, it's just terrifying, and he just choke slams RVD as hard as he can. Following that, yeah, he set JR on fire, he tombstone Linda McMahon, he tried to kill Shane McMahon multiple occasions. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he set a car battery... To his, to his testicles, testicles I remember yeah. that, yeah. But <laughs> well done. <laughs> and Shane also tried to commit murder. Remember when he like got him in the limo and he put the brick on the accelerator and drove into the truck? Oh god, yeah. And, and this... do you remember when he um, when he was smashing him in the side of the head with the ambulance, the doors at the back of the ambulance, oh. and and that second one really fucking smashes Cade in the head, just bounces. Like, oh man, like he takes a hell of a shot. But it's, now he's, he's a mayor, so you know America. He is. Of Knoxville, yes, which is the most American name for a town in the world, right? Uh, yeah, but no, Glenn Jacobs. He's played many characters over the years. Always been Kane, and um, just yeah, amazing. Big Kane fan, huge Kane. Not so much in ring, just more character commitment. You know, like Kane's been awesome. Yes, um, I know you've mentioned quickly the whole that uh, Team Hell No reunion thing. My favorite line from SmackDown the other week was uh, Kane going. Brian, I love you like a brother. And Daniel Bryan going, you set your brother on fire. <laughs> killed me. It Absolutely killed me. Meta. Meta. Um, my number three I is... didn't ask. <clears throat> well, you're going to find out, daddy-o, is a cane as well. Nice. Go for it. Because there's... Me and Jesse said yesterday we could have had a top five of just cane and orthodox tag teams. Yeah, They're definitely. fucking weird. And mine is cane and X-Pac. Ah, good. Because suck it. That's where that comes from. It is, I'm, it not, is. I'm not saying suck it because this isn't in my list. I'm just saying it because this is where it came from. I might even play it. If we don't have a crossover, I'm just going to play it anyway in a bit. So yeah, there fair you enough. Um, so Kane was like part of... He just came in, Brothers of Destruction. He'd always been this complete badass, buried alive matches, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then he formed a tag team with X-Pac because uh, he joined the corporation to stay out of the insane asylum. <laughs> yeah yeah that sounded right kind of um so he was teamed with x-pac and he even got a girlfriend tory so while he was with x-pac kane had always been mute at this point um but, or he had his speech aided with one of those electro things um so he became associate with dx and then x-pac just kept going and going in this promo and then he just goes suck it and here it is. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like, you talk about unorthodox, they just, it was so weird to see. Because obviously, when you saw Kane and RVD or Kane and Daniel Bryan, he'd kind of broken character a little bit. He, you could see the human in him. At this point, he was just this, he was the big red machine. Yeah, big time. So, could you shut up? I'm doing a podcast over here. <laughs> you fucking invalid. Sorry, you can't you can't blame 
my public. Your public. <laughs> You're in the high castle. How do peasants just shut up? <laughs> I'm in my ivory tower. <laughs> yeah. I've got a window open. It's so bloody hot. It is bloody hot, isn't it? Oh, I'm looking forward to England returning back to normal after all this nonsense is over. Rain oh and God misery. Sake, you. Yeah, you heathen. <laughs> um, so they actually won the tag team championships twice, twice together. And surprisingly, it was X-Pac turned on Kane to to end this uh, partnership together. He's never looked like the brightest bulb in the uh, lamp, has he? No, nah, they really didn't. Um, and they had quite a long feud, which was weird. And Tori got involved and... Oh, it God. went on for a really long time um, until Kane actually had a legit head injury that had to stop it. Otherwise, I don't know when this would have ended. Oh, really? What? Uh, Glenn Jake has actually got his head hurt? Yeah, it was after Mania. Okay. Right. I wish that um, Kane had um, changed the red to green just when he was with X-Pac. <laughs> he would have looked like Santa Claus. <laughs> he would have looked brilliant. <laughs> I would have loved that. Um, someone's photoshopped a blue cane for um, SmackDown. Um, if you Google it, just blue cane. Someone's photoshopped it. It actually looks really cool. <laughs> just I, sad I, cane I, pictures I, come up. <laughs> blue cane. <laughs> just all depressed with a vote mayor <laughs> sign. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, good choice. Well done. Let's carry on. Um, so my number three is um, the team that I was referencing that had a moment at Judgment Day. 2003. It is Booker T and Goldust. Suck it. Suck it. Yeah, is it in with you? It's my number two, um, you bad person. Ah, oh, sorry, mate. Um, but um, do you remember in so they were both in the Battle Royale to reinstate the Intercontinental title and Goldust tries to eliminate Booker T, Booker T counters, eliminates yes. Goldust and you, and you think, oh shit, this is the end of this brilliant tag team, but they both just laugh and fist bump, but then Goldust walks up the ramp, <laughs> which is great, I love that, I just think that's so cool, And um, but they were just such a brilliant tag team and such accidental chemistry, like their chemistry was incredible, the cosplaying that Goldust would do, and get, he'd get Booker T involved in the cosplayers. Can you imagine, like, when they first said to Booker T, we haven't got much for you, we're going to put you in a tag team with gold dust. It'd be like, fuck me, I'm like a WCW champion. I was one of the main guys at WCW. I come here and this is what you got for me. And But it worked. It was just so good. They've got incredible chemistry. It was, um, the one skit I always remember is Darth Goldust, where Booker yeah. T's playing with the lightsaber and then he just bumps into Darth Goldust. It's they were just so funny, like yes. ridiculously funny. Like all the little skits and stuff. It, it's what I remember most um, about it. It just yeah, absolutely killed me. Goldust is just fantastic. We've talked about him before. I think he was on my top five um, underrated or top five mid carders, something like that. Um, and he deserves to be there because Goldust to me is just a phenomenal talent and has been for years and years and years and years and years just been such a talented dude really committed to his character um to this day have you watched his um the i can't remember what it's called is it called photo shoot or something on the oh network God, they yeah. sit them down and show them pictures from their career um, it's like the best Gold- thing on the network like if no one's yeah. watched it photo shoot it's literally just the miz does a great one uh, Goldust is another good one where they just show pictures and they just tell stories based on the pictures. It's so good. Yeah, throughout their whole career, it's awesome, isn't it? And yeah, Goldust one was fantastic. I thought, and it was really interesting because he's a character that was caught in such an interesting time of like 
taken advantage of homophobia in wrestling and things like that. And obviously it's gone in such an opposite direction nowadays. But Goldust is still a character that works in today's... Co- it's, just, it's so interesting. It's just, he's the man. He's so cool. Yeah, and what a lot of people forget about this feud is it kind of was tied in with the NWO as well because this was when Booker joined the NWO... Goldust wanted to get in, and Sean was like, no, that's not going to happen. And then Booker <laughs> sided with Goldust. It was really cool. Yeah. And um, and then the Tourette's thing happened with Evolution throwing Goldust into an electric box, causing him to get Tourette's, basically, which was yeah. not funny in the slightest. <laughs> um, and then he, if you remember, near this was near the end when Goldust was having his kind of problems, and this was when he left the company. And there was an angle they were setting up where Goldust would get, like, mysterious <coughs> dying messages. He'd get messages being like, I remember. And it was going to be from, like, Goldust. Um, and the two were going to have a feud, which I think was going to be an absolutely great feud. But the angle was just dropped. And then they announced that his contract would be expiring and that was the end of Goldust. But Booker T and Goldust would have had such great matches together based on their chemistry of being a tag team. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I think they would have had a great, um, great time together. And to, I th- I've said it before. I think it's criminal that Goldust has never been, you know, in his younger days, sort of pushed up the card a little bit to the main event. Yeah. And um, he could have, he could have had some fantastic matches with um, many of the talents that seem to have um, been kept away from him. You know, a division above him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's just had knee surgery on both his knees, so quick, speedy recovery to Goldust. Yeah, best of luck, Goldust. And um, if you feel like you're done in the ring, you're going to be such an a- asset backstage as well as an agent or a trainer or whatever the hell you want to do. You'll be fantastic at any of Oh, yeah. I hope he kind of takes up the mantle in NXT. Oh, that'd be cool. What sort of takes on his father's legacy yeah. sort of thing. That'd be cool. Very. Um, I've only got my number one left now because we talked oh, God. quickly. Do we have? Do you want me to um, do my number two now, and then we can do? Then you could do your number one, then I'll do. Unless mine. your number two is my number one, and then I'm gonna say suck it. Okay, that'd be that'd be bad if it was, uh, but I don't think it will be. Um, my number two is um, Tajiri again, but this time with William Regal. Yes, excellent choice. Yeah, you like that, but it wasn't in your top five. No, I'm a top five. Why well, went for Eddie and Tajiri? No. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. Um, yeah, to do with Regal, um, so much real life natural chemistry. Like they're legitimately really, really good friends, um, and it just showed. I think it it just came across like they they did it as a kind of comedy act, didn't they? But but a comedy act with two guys who could really go in the ring, which it doesn't often happen. And I just think it worked so well. Yeah, they're like besties, um, aren't they? Isn't there something where they like who's is it Marmite they send pictures of? <laughs> no, it's spam. Spam. So, yeah, so um, Tajiri and William Regal were once shopping in the UK, I think it was, in a UK tour. They were in a supermarket, and Tajiri saw spam and didn't know what it was. So I asked Regal what spam was. And um, William Regal went, oh, it's it's, uh, it's what poor people eat. You eat it. You eat it because you're poor. <laughs> and, um, and, so, and, so, and since then... On at least a weekly basis, according to Tajiri, he gets a photo sent on his phone from William Regal of Spam. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeps sending it to him. And it's been going on for years. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's such a cute story. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. But I just love it. Like, 
every week. And this was this would have been like twelve years ago that this first happened, and it still happens today. Yeah. He still gets a picture of spam. Every if, week. if there's something about British wrestlers that committed to a rib, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spam. Um, so yeah, that happened. That's funny. And even um, Tajiri coming back to the Cruiserweight Classic last year or two years ago, whatever it was. Last year, when was the Cruiserweight Classic? Yeah, that was like three years ago at this point. Yeah, right. It's time's flown. Why haven't they done another one? Don't know. We're getting another May Young Classic. Yeah, get another May Young Classic. We just done another UK tournament. Um, yeah, it's weird. But um, so Tajiri was obviously in that the um, first and currently only um, Cruiserweight Classic, uh, and. And that was great because they, they I think they only put them on YouTube or just on WE.com or something. But Tajiri and Regal started doing skits together again because they were obviously in the same building. And uh, it was great. It was like they hadn't missed a step. And it reminded me why I loved them so much beforehand. It was just, it was great to see them back together. And they've just always been um, just two fantastic wrestlers that know how to um, make you laugh and wow you with incredible wrestling as well. It's true. They they are kind of like that real-life odd couple of like, why would you put these two together? I, I, I don't understand. But it, it worked. It really did work. Yeah. Completely worked. Right. Good choice. Great choice. Actually, check out... I can't give you a specific match, but if you guys just search William Regal and Tajiri, great tag team wrestling. Yes, definitely. Worth checking out. Okay. My number one. I feel like you're going to say suck it because this tag team is the definition of unorthodox. The definition of the real-life old couple. The definition of WTF, mate. It is the Rock and Sock connection. Oh, I'm not going to say suck it. But it never... It, that is one that didn't even enter my head for some reason. But it's a fantastic choice. Thank you very much. I do try with these top five well lists. Well done. Um, so... Obviously, they've got a tag team name of the Rock and Sock Connection, so you go, oh, they must automatically be a tag team that work together. No, no, my friends. As you might have heard us tell stories previously, the Rock has tried to cave in Mick Foley's head on numerous occasions prior to this. Like, uh, literally kill him. Literally kill him. Um, so, with the corporation and Mankai being involved in WrestleMania 15 with the Rock and Stone Cold... Um, it was always kind of left that there was like animosity between them. They weren't going to just become friends um, after this had all been done. So it was about, yeah, it must have been later in the year um, when The Undertaker and Big Show attacked The Rock and The Rock challenged both of them to a match. And that was at the time like, you can't face The Undertaker in a Big Show. The Big Show's seven foot tall. Um, and Mankind was like, I will join you and fight these two behemoths. I'm now picturing wrestling as medieval times, and it's much better. Very good. Um, and The Rock accepted, and the two beat The Undertaker and Big Show, and captured the Tag Team Championships after they pinned The Big Show with a double people's elbow, which is still one of my favourite moments in wrestling, when they hit the doubles people's elbow. That is it's awesome. so good. Uh, then there's like a Buried Alive match on SmackDown. Uh, they just got such a great history, and one of the most famous segments... In the whole of wrestling, in the whole of Raw, this is the highest rated segment to ever appear on Raw television, was the Rock This Is Your Life segment from Mankind. And it's amazing. It is probably the greatest segment they've ever done. It's just so (laughs) funny. Just bringing out the Rock's, like, ex-girlfriends and... Obviously, with The Rock, with his charisma, just makes it so good. If you've never watched it, you owe yourself to go and just search for Rock This Is Your Life. It is incredible. Um... 
And yeah, they end up facing the New Age Outlaws later on, and I think they win that, and something else happens, and it's great. And eventually, years later down the line, they would reunite. Um, the most famous reunion was, of course, before WrestleMania 20. And one of my favorite moments is Mankind getting beaten down in the ring by Evolution. Rock's music hits. He'd been in Hollywood for so long, and he comes sprinting down the aisle with a shit goatee. Yeah, he oh, does. it's horrible. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not good. But the the crowd reaction is just. I'm gonna say it, Jesse. Electrifying. Electric. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. <laughs> it was really cool, and I really enjoyed the three on two match at WrestleMania. I know Mick doesn't. It's why he killed Randy a month later. But still, <laughs> it was great. I really enjoyed the match as well. I thought it was brilliant. Seeing Ric Flair and The Rock in the same ring was awesome. Uh, that was a real treat to see two oh, when, icons when like Rick that. When Ric tries to do the do people's elbow, and then he yeah, starts doing his little strut, the and then The Rock nips up. Ah, oh, so good. good. Ric Flair's just Ric Flair's so gifted, man. Just so such a natural entertainer. Stuff like that. It's just fantastic. But don't get me started on Ric Flair. Just little things like that that people take for granted on how fucking great he was. Maybe one day we'll have a top five Ric Flair matches. We'll have to wait till he dies, won't we? So we'll um, do it next week. <laughs> God, you're going to... Can you imagine if he went out? I he yeah. He just recovered from surgery. Let's... let's uh... I know, yeah. Sorry, Best Rick. Wishes, we Rick. love you. You're, Why is everyone injured again? You're one of my favourites of all time. I don't think, I mean, Ric Flair's retired and just had, like, old man surgery. I don't think that counts as injured. True. He's just, yeah, he's just an old alcoholic. But he's um, he's also a lovely man, and I love him. I've got a signed picture of him up on my bedroom wall, and I, he is one of my favourite of all time. You're the man, Rick. Why are we talking about Ric Flair? Carry uh, on. Basically, the Rock and Salt Connection were great, and they were really only together for a year, and they held the titles three times. Um, overall, in some really, really good matches. Weird matches as well. So, um, yeah, Rock and Sock Connection, entertaining as hell, mainly for their segments, because this was when Mankind was, like, on top of his game, promo-wise, 99's era. Obviously, this is when, around the time he wins the world title as well. Yeah. So, you know, this is when Mankind's at his best. But I don't feel like uh, enough casual fans really go back and watch this Mankind era and it's really good no i agree um it's um it's a weird one because mankind became cutesy he didn't did. he as opposed to he was supposed to be um a sort of scary heel unhinged sort of character and all of a sudden he became kid's favorite and um mr socko was this character that kids loved uh, I, don't, I was a kid you know at the time and i remember mankind see it looking at mankind as sort of the adorable children's entertainer side of wrestling, which is obviously so far removed from what Mick Foley had been all about before that point. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it helped WWF beat WCW in the ratings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, take it nothing away from him. I thought, yeah, great tag team. And The Rock the Rock can make anything entertaining. It's true. He is the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment. I have heard that said. If you smell... What the rock is cooking? <laughs> um, he doesn't. Gross. He doesn't talk about. <laughs> he doesn't talk about strudel enough anymore. Though. He doesn't. Or, or, or easy, big fella. Easy. <laughs> hey! Oh no! 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 <laughs> he's half Clydesdale. That's what. That's what I heard. He's a, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what? What do you think is the like number one unorthodox tag team? JB. Well. 
I might be coming out of left field here because um, I remember really enjoying them. No one ever talks about them anymore. People have completely forgotten about them. But I think they were really hot at the time and they really worked. It was in an era of wrestling that wasn't particularly popular. 2009 wasn't the Ooh, best year for wrestling, really. The dark um, days. Hot year. Yeah, exactly. But out of these dark days, I think, um, and out of an Ooh, edge injury. That gave me chills. Yeah, out of a dark age and out of an edge injury came um, Chris Jericho and The Big Show, also known as Jericho. Jericho, yeah. Remember Jericho? They were awesome. They were. And people forget about them. And they just became this incredible tag team. I remember, so Jericho and um, Edge won the tag titles. Edge immediately um, tore his Achilles. So Edge was out. So the next pay-per-view, it was Jericho and a mystery partner to be his new tag team partner and champion. And then Big Show's music hit. So this, oh, for fuck's sake, we were building this up. And we thought it would be somewhat interesting. And then the weeks that go by, they end up being this amazing tag team. Yeah. It's just really, really cool. Not only a it's, good tag then, team, they win, they unify the world tag yes. team titles and the WWE tag team titles, which always makes me sad because I love the Smack team, the SmackDown tag team titles. Smack team. Smack team. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I do too. But um, but they're sort of back now, aren't they? Kind of. But um, it, yeah, they did. They unified them. Um, they were an amazing heel tag team. Uh, they mixed their music well. I always like it when tag teams mix their individual music. Yes. That always makes me happy. Um, and um, Jericho used to come out on Big Show's shoulders. So I used to enjoy that. That was funny. Um, Jericho. Jer- this is when Big Show started wearing camo. Um, I was going to call them onesies, but what do you call them? Like, um, oh, one the singlets. Singlet, yeah. there you go. Um, yeah, he started wearing camo ones with um, with actual two armbands uh, or like shoulder straps instead of the one. Because he wore just one shoulder strap for a long, long time, which went back to his giant days when they were pretending he was Andre the Giant's son. Um, so this is when he actually stopped it and started wearing proper singlets. And um, so Jericho helped him with that, which I appreciate. Yeah, but... And Big Show had a big match beanie. Oh, the big match beanie. Forgot about that. Yeah. See, Brock Lesnar has a big match beanie. Whenever Brock Lesnar wears his big match beanie, you know shit's going to go down. And, uh, but Big Show actually did the big match beanie first. <laughs> Quickly about Brock. You know how he like entered UFC and he started talking shit to DC and stuff? What's making yeah. me laugh is like every fan being like, Oh, Brock's promo was lit. Brock's like, why can't he promo in W? He literally just tells him to fuck off and calls him a son of a bitch that's all he does that's not a lit promo no but i will um i know what you're saying but i have always defended brock in the promo department i think he's very good at it and has always been very good at it going back to sort of 2003 and stuff he did some fantastic mic work in my opinion yeah he's very intense but you know comparing the two and just brock being like you're a son of a bitch is not a promo so, sorry, <laughs> UFC people, it's not. Um, but yeah, Jericho, they were tag team champions for 140 days. Yeah, man. DX. Long time. Yeah, DX. That, no, one, no one gives a shit about 2009, that's the problem. No, they, they were the Slammy Award winners of that year for Tag Team of the Year, which for two people chucked together. Exactly. Right. They just turn, again, and this is Jericho all over, isn't it? Just anything he does turns to gold. Just fantastic. It's true. And it kind of gave birth because the way that Jericho ended was... Yeah. What was that? What did it give birth to? <laughs> I just I just had an image of um, an image of Big Show pushing Just a big mucus plug coming out. Um, Isn't the word yeah, mucus plug in... just the worst, worst ah, thing ever? Mucus plug. I've got this... 
I just got this image of Big Show in labour with Jericho, like, um, putting put, put a, yeah, put a wet flannel on his forehead. <laughs> breathe, baby doll, breathe. <laughs> breathe, Paul. <laughs> so, the reason Jericho ended was all because of DX. They had this obsession with getting rid of tag teams. So, if uh, the rematch that they were going to have with the tag team titles, if they lost, Jericho had to leave Raw forever. And they did lose, and Jer- Jericho left. But it gave birth to... Um, the Miz and Big Show tag team together, which was Show Miz, which was another great tag team. It was, it was very good, but not as good as Jericho. Jericho was someone else, man. I completely forgot about it. Ah, two thousand nine, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Crime Time. You had MVP. You had everything. Good time. Legacy nine is underrated. Yeah, man. Legacy. Yeah, and Psycho Randy. Uh, it's my one of my favourite eras of Randy Orton was 2009 when he was um, DDT and Stephanie McMahon and kissing her unconscious body in front of Triple H and stuff. Oh yeah, that was good. That was good. Skinhead Randy that was, was good the man. Stuff. Yeah, Skinhead Psycho Randy. Yeah, I might have to go back and do some 2009 rewatching because it's because uh, 2008 was a difficult year. I don't remember much, and I feel like that knocked on to 2009. Well, since when kind of still had the when, bitter taste of 2008. Yeah, well, when redacted Benoit, I think it took them um, it took them a while to find their find feet. their niche yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah, and I think they nailed it. Literally, like the first time they nailed it was um, Armageddon 2008 with Jeff Hardy and Triple H. Like that is when it was like, oh god, okay, um, cool shit's starting to happen again. And then, yeah. um, and then what happened? Uh, Royal Rumble. Watch if you want to go back to two thousand and nine. Watch the Royal Rumble two thousand and nine. It's a fantastic Royal Rumble. One of your favourites. I love that Rumble. Yeah, it is. I love that Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lovely. Uh, this is a two-hour podcast. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, right. Suck We've gone on for like an hour. Suck it. Sorry. Suck it. Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> um, but we hope. I feel like this is. You know, we gave you a fucking great interview at the start. Suck it. All you had to do was listen to us for 50 minutes. And we talked quite quickly. you just still saying suck it. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was a great interview. And if you're still listening, God bless you. But if you're not, I hope you enjoyed the interview. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Get out. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Um, obviously, you've heard how cool... TK and Mambo are. If they're at a show, go support them, buy their merch. They've got some tag dates coming up in Swanage, I think it was. I don't remember. Look at their social medias. They're more informed than I am. Um, and yeah, we'll have a new guest coming up shortly, which I will try and arrange for Jesse's well being. Get on with it. But until then, we haven't plugged anything, Jesse. Where can everyone find us? If they want to love it. And also, we are now. On Spotify. Yes, we're on Spotify. That's right, you bitches. We're actually on Spotify. And um, there's been so many people that, um, not so many, like three, that I've spoken to <laughs> <laughs> who were like, well, I would listen to you, but I only have Spotify and I and this is anything else. But yeah, guess what? We're on Spotify, so you've got no excuse. Get on with it. Yeah, so for all you Apple bitches, you've got your iTunes, that's fine. For all you Android bitches, Spotify. Who doesn't have Spotify in 2018? Exactly. So search... Got till five. All of our episodes are there, including the Chris Benoit one. They allowed that one in. Amazing. And this one will be going up shortly as well. Um, So, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with another top five. I had a lovely time talking to the ETM. And And I had a lovely time talking to Jesse Pence. Yeah, thank you. I had a lovely time talking to you, Max Curtin. You are the wind beneath my bloody wings.
bloody wonderful. So we'll be back in two weeks. Remember to go to gottill5.com. Hit us up on Twitter if you're a new person. That's where we concentrate all our love and energy and members. All other social media um, is worthless. Yeah, it really is shit. So Twitter, at gottill5, everywhere. Uh, We love you. We thank you for listening to us. And we'll see you in two weeks' time. Bye! Bye. You have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number. A glorious number. You got to the count of five.